Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord, I am back tonight for the Second Coming Chapel service, which we have had on Saturday nights for many years now emphasizing the blessed hope of the fact that no matter what is happening in the world Jesus Christ who came the first time and who suffered and bled and died on the cross for our sins our faults and our failures He's coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You must understand that it is the nature of God and the nature of Christ. And I am very careful how I say this always. They are very meek and very humble, which is one of the reasons why you're still living. This is rooted in their humility and their meekness. When God and Jesus and uh, the Holy Spirit through others who have written the words of God. When God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit warn us and tell us to be humble, it is not like you better be humble because, you know, I have all the power in my hands to destroy you. That is a reality. But they want you to be humble and meek like them is what it's about, so that you can be able to communicate with them properly and have a relationship with them properly. God thinks it's very unwise to carry on in your foolish pride when you really don't have any power so to do anything and because you are a created being but he he does not come at you like that he's so humble and so meek he does not come at you like that he even actually respects you as a free moral agent and so you have the freedom to make your choices and to do what you want to do but the wisest man who ever lived outside of Jesus Christ on this earth, Solomon, said, however, with all of that, you need to understand that you will be brought into judgment about what you do. So, um, you can do what you want, but just understand that God's going to bring you into judgment about what you did in this life on his earth. So, ladies and gentlemen, briefly, by the grace of God, I want to preach in your hearing how to be ready and how to wait. How to be ready and how to wait all at the same time. Sounds like another Christian paradox, doesn't it? See, God is so deep. The Word of God is so deep. It does not contradict itself, but you will see some paradoxes that can blow our puny little minds if we're not saved and prayed up. And as I told you last week, I wrote a book on the paradoxes of the Christian life. And so I'm not going to get into all of that tonight.
it's too deep for you. Uh, it's too deep. So you have to buy the book or read the book for free someplace or listen to the sermon series that I preached on. Uh, my son, Daniel White IV, helped me to do that years ago. This is part two. How to be ready. Like Jesus can come back right at this moment, and he can. And how to wait. In case you die waiting, like so many saints before us, they died in hope, in the blessed hope. This is the second coming chapel message, number 326. Please stand and open your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. I told my son Daniel Ezekiel this past week that this is a passage that we may have to uh, ride in a while. We may have to do the whole chapter. And so I appreciate him helping me with this sermon. Let your loins be girded about. Put your clothes on. And your lights burning. This is similar to how Nehemiah and his crew, the wall crew, how they had to live and how they had to operate. That's, that's what this is similar to. You need to have your clothes on and ready, but uh, you, you can take a nap, but have your lights burning. And ye yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. When you're dealing with underlings, maybe parents and teenage children, a boss, and his staff, a pastor and his church. And when you come back from a journey uh, and you come back unexpectedly, you want to find whoever the underlings are. You want to find them so doing and faithful and uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Faithful, obedient. They can open the door quickly. You don't have to keep calling them. You don't have to call them on the phone. Uh, they can open the door and go right back to their desk and, 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 see, and be able to and, and, and not have to uh, cut off the computer or Erase what's on the computer uh, and, and they don't have to go incognito. Uh, these are the faithful, true uh, people that you can depend on. And they're honest from day one. And, and, and they, they open the door quickly. In fact, the door uh, could be uh, unlocked. Uh, would be unlocked rather for you to come right on in with the exception uh, except for the case of uh, 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 let me put it this way uh, other than security purposes and that's how God wants us to be 
that's how the Lord wants us to be when he comes. He wants, uh, he wants to find us so doing, that is, doing his will for the kingdom, for his glory, for his praise, and for his honor. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. In other words, isn't it true that parents and bosses and pastors of churches, when they have faithful people, what do they want to do? What do the leaders want to do? They want to reward them and award them and, 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 and basically serve them and make sure they have something for being faithful. I know, I know what I'm talking about because that's the spirit and the heart I have towards my youngest three children right now who are working hard and faithful for the Lord and don't want anything, don't want anything want to fight me about trying to give them something when in reality we wouldn't have something to give if it has not been if it had not been for their faithful hard work that they don't even think about getting anything in return but they are of the age and in a situation where it is good for them to get something in return and it is God who has moved upon my heart to do something for them. It's, it's just in my heart to do it. It's not, it's not hard. It's not, I don't have to think about it. I want, it I, I want them to have it. And they have lovingly, respectfully told me, uh, uh, Papa, uh, we, don't want any, we don't want any money. We don't want you to give us any money. Use it for something else. And then and, and tried to they tried to flat out refuse to take it, but because of my power and my authority, I insist that they take it and use it and enjoy it for the glory of God, because they deserve more than that. Well, see, that's how Jesus will see us. Those I mean, those who are faithful, and who, when He comes. They are praying and they are watching and they are serving. That's how Jesus will see us and he's going to want to reward us and award us. And we're going to, some of us are going to be saying, Lord, no, I don't want it. I, Lord, I did it because I love you. I know that's why I'm giving it to you. Accept the reward, accept the gift. <laughs> and if he shall come, in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants if they are found doing what God has commanded them to do and they're not shacking up with Bo Peep don't bow your head yet it's not time to pray sneaking out the house to see Bo Peep Staying overnight at Bo Peep's house or Sylvia's house. And got everybody thinking you're a great Christian person. Uh, but Jesus may come uh, in the first watch, the second watch, or the third watch of the night. And find you not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, you're a secret lesbian. You're a secret homosexual. Secret only to the world, but when Jesus comes, he's going to already know. He's going to go right, right there. He's going right there where you are. You who claim to be a Christian. Down at the demonic bathhouse, homosexualizing and getting monkeypox. And lesbians trying to have sex with each other. You drunk out of your mind. 
not doing what you should be doing in your marriage and in your family. Committing fornication, adultery, on the computer putting your name on Ashley Madison when Jesus walks through the door. The devil is a lie. Mm -hmm. You're not found so doing. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come. See, they had house invasions back in those days too. People didn't just get robbed on uh, the Good Samaritan's way. Uh, they got robbed at their houses and uh, while traveling big time. Carjackings back then, or horse jackings, camel jackings. Yes, sir. He would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. This is, why, this is why God's people are called to be watchful at all times. Because not only for the Lord, but to be watchful for people trying to harm you and your family. To be sober-minded. You, you don't have that many real friends down here on this ball called Earth. Most people are your enemies. They can care less about you. They will beat the daylights out of you while you're saying the Lord's Prayer. There are demonic-filled people who look at you as a meal today. That's in the news today. They want you, they want to capture you and kill you and cut you in pieces and put you in a freezer and make you in a sausage. They're de demon-filled people who are cannibals. They don't care, they don't, let me just use some bad English. They don't care nothing about you. I mean, a pastor is in jail tonight for the rest of his life. A young pastor. I think he's 38 years old. He's in jail tonight because he just came out the door and shot a woman 70-something years old and a man 50-something years old. His next-door neighbors. And tried to justify it. The devil does not care about you. And if the devil can get a hold of a human being's mind. That human can hurt you. Do not be gullible. Do not be simple minded. Don't be naive. There are people who don't care anything about you. And they will rip you to pieces. I have told all of my daughters. And I am telling all young women. Men don't see you the way they used to see you. They see you as a piece of meat to devour in most cases. And they want to get their satisfaction out of you and then they'll leave you behind. So this world is not our home. And the people on this earth are not your friends. And some of you have found out about that. Be ye therefore ready also. For the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think. Now, 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 now Jesus is, is, is telling you 2,000 years ahead of time. Now, I'm coming back. But you need to understand that when I come back. Uh, you're not going to know when I come back. See, but I'm going to come back. You need to be ready. So that I can find you so doing. I'm not going to tell you. When I'm coming back. Because then you might get ready for me to come back. I don't want that. I want you to be ready. At any time. God, Jesus, in his wisdom, provides this tension that God's people need to be watchful and ready 
and they ought to fear him enough to do that. He wants that kind of situation. So you might as well roll with it because that's how it's going to be. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Uh, one of my favorite commercials. I'm, 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 I'm not necessarily a big fan of the company. But I like the commercial. I like the jingle. Home Depot jingle. More doing is what we need to do in the church. I mean, and that's the only reason why I like it. Because I can use it in a sermon like this. More doing Hey, Home Depot says, don't be messing around. Get this, get what you need. Come on in here, get what you need, and go do something. Build something. Fix something. Do something. More doing. I like that phrase, more doing. I love it. I love it. It's kind of like the Nike phrase, just do it. They haven't changed it in, I don't know what, 30 years, 40 years? Just do it. Get it done. More doing. God, God wants us to do. Jesus wants us to be doing. Do. He wants you to understand that your life is short. Your time is short. You do all you can. And in the words of uh, John Wesley, do, do the most good you can and all you can while you can. Something along those lines. I learned that when I visited one of the uh, visited the main church, the family church of the Wesley family so many years ago. Do something. The great Jamaican pastor out of San Diego said, do something. Do something. And, and this is important. We got We have some sweet evangelicals and Christians and Baptists and everybody else. We love to talk and pontificate. I, 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 you know I'm right about it. So don't fix your face up. Don't get mad at me. Don't you dare call me a Christian critic. You need to be criticized. You need to be rebuked. For your foolishness. You like to talk about stuff. You like to go through book studies. Not Bible studies, book studies that some joker wrote. Uh, sit around the campfire and drink some tea, coffee, and, and just pontificate and talk and talk and talk. And you don't do anything. The 60% of the pastors who have already quit are thinking about quitting or are dead men walking. 60 to 70% evidently is higher than what I even predicted. And I include the 20 or 30 percent left. Hardly any of them have ever passed out a gospel track in the past 10 years, 15, 20 years. Witnessed anybody personally or told anybody personally about Jesus Christ. And, and in that same number, very few of them have preached the gospel from the pulpit. Some have preached heresy, but they have never preached the gospel. They would do better not to preach on anything else but the gospel for the next 10 years. And the church would do far better. And I'm not mad at anybody. I have four pastors. And I thank God for God called good pastors who you don't have to tell them everything was going on for them to already not 
know what's going on. They already know what's going on. And they can, and God tells them what's going on. And God gives them answers. What do you need to do? And they don't agree with you all the time. And if you don't have that kind of pastor, you need to move your membership to where there's a God-called man and a saved man. So I, I'm not mad at pastors. I love pastors. If you are a God-called good pastor and you're not using the people, but you are satisfying the people and making sure the people are taken care of. Of a truth, I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required and to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. And we're going to deal with all of that. That's why I told my son, Daniel Ezekiel, uh, we are going to end up doing this entire chapter. Because there are some powerful and deep things. And let me just say something to pastors, the few pastors and evangelists and prophets that we have and teachers that we have left. You hear me? And you hear me well. Sunday is not enough anymore. You got to take the place of 60 to 70 sorry no good pastors who have quit because they were hirelings. And for your own good and for the good of your people which is going to quadruple online and not to mention uh, the meta metasphere go ahead and get you some goggles hopefully you will not need them in the near future because what they are saying in the secular world is that which is virtual will be reality. Huh? Okay. So, uh, I'm encouraging you lovingly. I know it's taxing on the mind and the body. But commit to preaching the gospel and the word of God to the saints and the sinners every day. By any means necessary. And I mean go live. It's, it's wonderful to videotape and, and do that. That's good. And that's wonderful. If you have the team to do that, that's wonderful. But uh, it's, to me, better to preach live and videotape. Let it roll. Stop worrying about it being perfect or you being, appearing to be perfect. The Holy Ghost will take over. And if you're concerned about everything being perfect and all of that, you have uh, the ability to edit. But go live and direct to the people. That's real church right there. 
video is good, but that's not quite the real deal, but it's good. It's good. But I would, uh, but I would encourage you to do both and. And God has set some of you, some of you up beautiful. And you need to take advantage of it and preach the gospel. Make sure they understand the gospel and preach the word. Just take a chapter and march through it and walk through it. Just keep on giving the word. In season and out of season, preach the word. Some of you true God-called young preachers, this is not too many of you, but some of you are true blue. You have the energy. If you're in your 20s, your early 30s, make your family devotions a service. And then you preach uh, a gospel message in the devotions. If, if that's all you can produce, that's fine. Dr. Tony Evans is producing two or three videos a day, I believe. No doubt seven a week, at least. Dr. T.D. Jakes is going live and on demand, big time, reaching thousands and millions. As old as these men are, if they can do it, you can do something. Do something. For the glory of God until he comes or until you die. Dr. David Jeremiah is still on fire. And getting the word out there. And so. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the earlier devotional service. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for this uh, technology that you have wrought that allows people to hear me and see me live and on demand. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for all of my children supporting the ministry down through the years in multiple ways, but I give you a special thanks, Lord, for Daniqua. Daniel, Ezekiel, and Danielle, for they have served faithfully and hard uh, for years. Uh, Lord, and they're with me right now tonight. And so, Lord, I pray, as I have always prayed, that you bless them for their service unto you because they're truly doing this for you. They really don't want any recognition. They don't want any money. Uh, and... Uh, so, Lord, help them to uh, receive the blessings and to move on with their lives and bless them for their faithful service all of their lives, even to this day. And, Lord, we know the devil is going to try to hinder them. We know that the devil is going to try to use other people, sad to say even family members, to try to hinder them. But Lord, I pray that they will keep their hearts and minds stayed on you so that when you come, they will be found so doing. And uh, it's amazing how what they do and allow me to be seen all around the world live and heard clearly. And they're even checking that as I speak. And so, Holy Father God, tonight... We pray that all of your Christian people, Lord, you know who they are, that they would become faithful and be found so doing when you come or when they die. And Lord, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, and for the comfort of the grieving. In Jesus Christ, holy name we pray. And for his sake, amen. 
Dr. William Barclay said the best way to prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ is never to forget the presence of Jesus Christ. And he is so right about that. To help us dissect this powerful passage even more, Dr. Bob Deffenbaugh, a Dallas Theological Seminary graduate and pastor, says there are three characteristics of a good, a person who is a good waiter not a waiter in a uh, restaurant, but a person who names the name of Christ and who must learn how to wait. First, Jesus says, be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning and be like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. We see here three distinct characteristics of the good Christian person who is ready and waiting at the same time. How to be ready and how to wait. As described by our Lord. Number one, he's prepared or she's prepared. Preparation. Be dressed. Be ready. Be on point. Be ready to do what needs to be done for the Lord when He comes. Let Him find you so doing. Number two, maintenance. There's some maintenance involved. Not only should you be ready. But there's some maintenance involved. Keep your lamps burning. There's some work involved with that. Back in those days, they had to keep oil in the lamp. These are the kinds of lamps that they had back in those days. Number three, expectation, and be like men waiting for their master. There are certain things that you are not going to do if you're truly waiting for your master, Jesus Christ. You're not going to be living the jam-jam-boogie lifestyle. You're not going to be involved with certain people. You're going to separate yourselves, as the Bible tells you, from wicked and evil and ungodly people, not in the sense that you can't witness to them, but as far as your lifestyle is concerned, it will not be the same. For some of you so-called Christians foolishly think that to witness to people, you have to be like them. And that is not the case. You have to experience what they experience in order to witness to them, but that's not the case and that doesn't work. What normally happens because you already have a sin factory in your own body, 
the evil people get the best of you instead of you getting the best of them for Christ. So that's why God wants you to separate yourselves from those who are in the world living in sin. Be separate, saith the Lord, and do the right thing. And understand that you will give an answer to God for what you're doing in this life. If you are a child of God, you will be at the beam of seat judgment of Christ. If you're lost and on your way to hell, you're going to be at the white throne judgment of God. The preparation of the ready man and the waiting man consists of a readiness for action. You ought to be doing something. I believe I shared that in the earlier service today, that you ought to be doing something. I feel sorry for, listen to me, I, I, I would venture to say that you probably are not saved, even though you may be religious and in the church, and you wake up as a deadhead, you have no goals, you have no plans, you have uh, no purpose, it seems. If you're in Christ, you have a purpose to live for, and he has plenty for you to do, and that you can do. And in the words of Pastor Miles McPherson, do something. Do something. You, you need to be ready to do. Ready to serve the God and the Jesus that you expect to see. In the imagery of our Lord, it has to do with one's clothing. Literally, one is to be ready by having their loins girded. Are you ready? Do you spiritually have the whole arm of God on? Ready to serve the Lord. Ready to work for the Lord in this life as you are ready for him to come and you're waiting on him to come. Do you have the right clothes on? One could hardly work with a flowing robe in the way so it would be tucked in, loins girded. In our culture, we might say having your sleeves rolled up and you're ready to fight. Secondly, tonight, the good ready man and ready woman and waiting man and waiting woman is to keep his lights burning, his lamp burning. They did not have street lights in those days like we have today. And if you have not read the story or heard the story on the History Channel about Thomas Edison and some other rich geniuses, how they lit up New York uh, when he created the light bulb. You need to read that. That was a big turning point, and that's not too long ago in our history. Nor did they have a porch light like we do today to keep on so that the master could easily find and enter his door. The good servant would listen for the sound of his master's return. And would have his light already lit so that he could illuminate and thereby facilitate his way. So too with the, with the disciple who awaits the Lord's return. 
he is sitting by, serving by the door, so to speak, waiting for his master to come. One's readiness and one's waiting should be spent making all the preparations needed so that the Lord's return is not a surprise to him and so that he, or rather, so that we can be a part of the return. God wants us to be a part of the return, not the shocked and surprised ones when he does return. What a shame that is going to be. I believe it's going to be a situation similar to Peter's when Jesus looked upon him after he betrayed him, after he uh, denied him, rather. After he denied him, maybe not as hard, maybe not as painful, but similar. And then lastly tonight, I have so many other points to share, but I'm going to close it at this point. Thirdly, the good ready man, the good waiting man is to be like a devoted servant who eagerly awaits his master's return as if he were coming from a wedding banquet. Jesus did not suggest that the master was himself married, but only that he attended the banquet. It was both profitable and delightful activity. It was both a profitable and delightful activity. Uh, have you noticed that Jesus uh, was interested in weddings, had a lot to say about weddings and marriages and so forth? Uh, and I would venture to say this is one of the reasons why you need to by the grace of God, if you are a child of God, try to make your marriage work. Work. Don't get mad at me because it didn't work. I'm trying to save those who are getting ready to go the dumb way that you went. It takes a real man and it takes a real woman to stay married. I'm a big old tough fellow. Most things, especially regarding family, don't bother me. But I am proud of my parents, and I am happy that my parents stayed together. They did separate maybe three or four times, I don't know. But I never, growing up, I never thought in my mind that they would get a divorce. I never even thought about that. And it was a terrible marriage, or a very bad marriage in family life. But I never thought for one minute that they would get a divorce. And through thick and, uh, through thick and thin, they stayed together. They probably stayed together because their parents didn't stay together. My dad never knew his father. He died. Daniel White, senior. And uh, uh, my mother had a, a terrible childhood in the sense that uh, her father divorced her mother and it's just a bad situation. And that, and that hurts even to this day. So marriages are important to God and to Jesus. And, and so I would advise you to take it seriously. Take it seriously and look at your marriage from God's perspective from Jesus' perspective. Don't get mad at me because your marriage is on the rocks and you don't want to hear that. Don't get mad at me because you're already divorced and remarried following the advice of a uh, dumb pastor who led you to do that and then married you. And I don't know what you have, but let me tell you something. 
God takes it seriously. You better take it seriously. Jesus talked about marriages uh, throughout his ministry. Marriage and divorce. Lust in marriage and everything else. God talked about it in the Old Testament. So, uh, I mean, and for it to pop up in this passage, passage about the second coming, this is a big deal. Regarding the family life, the Holy Spirit of God led Paul to talk about marriage. To t- I mean, to talk about marriage as it relates to the second coming of Christ and the uh, called Jesus Christ the bridegroom and the church the bride. He compares marriage, our marriage, our human marriages, to that heavenly marriage after the second coming of Christ. So, think about what you're doing. A good reason to be gone and even to be delayed in returning. That is, he was at a wedding. That's a good thing. And to this day, people will try to make a wedding. To this day. And some people feel slighted when they're not invited to a wedding. The mood then of his arrival would be joyful and festive. The eager servant would be ready, able to immediately open the door to the master, eagerly, cheerfully, honestly, with an open face, nothing hidden. And so, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, wherever you are in the world, are you ready for the second coming of Christ? Are you ready for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to come back? Whether you're in the church or out of the church, have you been born again? Have you been saved by the grace of of Almighty God in the free pardon of your sins by believing in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. If not, dear friend, get saved tonight. It is not difficult. It is very simple. First, understand that you are a sinner as I am. For the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Understand, secondly, that the wages, the payment of sin is death. We all die because of our sinful nature and our sinful choices. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Recently Mike Tyson gave an interview and said he feels like his body is failing him and that And he feels like he's going to die soon. And I said in an article about that, that it is good that he recognizes that we all have an expiration date using his words. Which means that we're all going to die. In fact, we're all on death row. We just don't know when we're going to die. Because of our sins our failures and our faults. And here's what God wants you to know. God is very loving, so loving, he wrapped himself in flesh, came to this sin-cursed earth and took the worst humiliation 
and pain that anybody has ever received in the history of the world for us. He suffered, he bled, and he died for our sins, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He was buried and rose on the third day. All of this was done in great humility and great meekness for you and for me. He is the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world to save us from the hell that we deserve. God is extremely loving and uh, he did it to save us from the hell we deserve. Now you need to understand with that said that God will and that if God will allow you to die from this beautiful ball called earth, you need to understand that God will allow you, if that's the way you want to go, if you reject Jesus Christ and if you do not believe on his son, Jesus Christ, God will allow you to go to hell. to spend eternity there burning forever because Jesus Christ preached on hell more than anybody in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Jesus Christ said these striking words regarding hell in Mark chapter 9 verses 43 through 48. So you need to understand that you're on the road to hell right now if you have never truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in the free pardon of your sins. Jesus Christ said, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire, that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Hell, in other words, my dear friends, is a very real place according to the preaching of Jesus Christ, the greatest preacher of all time. If you want to be saved, if you want to get saved from hell tonight, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as he has told you to do. Hell is bad news. Hell is mad, hell is sad, and hell is bad news. I just gave you the bad news. You're on your way to a devil's hell. Now here is the good news of rescue. Jesus Christ said these words, these most beautiful, most magnificent, and most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. He said in John 3.16 from the Word of God, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent his Son, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to suffer to bleed and to die on the cross for your sins. He was buried and rose from the dead by the power 
of God. He has all authority in his hands. And all you have to do is believe in him and you will not go to that awful place called hell that he told you about and warned you about. All you have to do is believe in him and call on his name. For the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you willing to believe in Jesus Christ by faith and his gospel that he suffered, he bled, he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day? That's the good news. You don't have to go to hell by simply believing in Jesus Christ by faith. I did it. Over 43 years ago, my life has never been the same. And if God can save me, he can save you. So believe in your heart right now. And pray with me the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a wicked, evil sinner. And I have done evil in your sight. I have broken your Ten Commandments. In that I have lied before. I've stolen things before. I've lusted after people and things before. I have coveted after people and things before. I have dishonored and disobeyed my parents. I have dishonored you by taking your holy name in vain and breaking more, breaking more of your Ten Commandments than that. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please come into my heart and please come into my soul into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins and turn from my evil lifestyle and follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I pray, and for his sake, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me, and you meant it from your heart, may I say to you, congratulations for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To help you grow in the faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read a free copy of my book, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, dear friend, please let us know that you got saved tonight. Email us at dw3 at Gospelite Society, and we have some free material to send you as well to help you grow in the faith. If you have a prayer request, send it to the same email, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good, is my prayer.
if the Lord should tarry his coming, uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning and tomorrow evening unless God says otherwise. And uh, if he maybe comes tonight, I don't know. Uh, you won't see me here. But, uh, and I hope that you will not be here either. Let's bow for our closing prayer, and then we're going to listen to that beautiful second coming song, I'll Fly Away. Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you have done here tonight, in and through your holy word, and what are no doubt perilous times. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray that you will help your people tonight to take heed to your holy word and to be ready and to be found so doing when you come. And to aid them in doing that, Lord, help them to pray without ceasing. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. For his sake, amen. I'll fly away.